once again. We have Colin Kleins in the studio today. Colleen is the co-founder and CEO of Anchal. Colleen values how design can become the tool for sustainable solutions to gender inequality, social injustice and environmental degradation. She combines this passion as a social entrepreneur and impact designer through her work at Anchal. Anchal is based on the philosophy that we can create the positive change in the world through collaboration in design. Anchal is supported by a team of designers, storytellers, activists and dreamers who work on empowering the community. A Louisville native with a Bachelor of Landscape Architecture from the University of Kentucky, Colleen earned her Master of Landscape Architecture degree from the Rhode Island School of Design. During her time in graduate school, she initiated the founding of Anchal along with her sister Maggie after her trip to India. It all started in a design studio where sisters Colleen and Maggie Kleins decided to work towards empowering the community and women. Colleen and Maggie lead Anchal by placing design and collaboration at the center of their practice. It all started when Colleen Kleins was taking a graduate seminar at the Rhode Island School of Design that took her on a trip to India in 2000. Through local leadership, Colleen was introduced to the exploitive world of commercial sex trade and the lack of opportunity for women in the community. It was in this moment she was inspired to design more landscapes. She was determined to collaborate with the NGO using design. Colleen leads the overall strategic and operational planning for Anchal's programs, partnerships, expansion and execution of its mission. In 2013, she was named one of Public Interest Design's top global 100 designers. Colleen was awarded the Sacred Heart Academy's Heart Award in 2015 and Presentation Academy's Tower Award in 2014. Most recently, Colleen was named to Louisville Business First's 2016 40 Under 40 list and was awarded the 2017 NAWBO Humanitarian Award. Colleen has shared Anchal's mission and design thinking model as a keynote speaker at gatherings which include the Fair Trade Federation National Conference, the New York Now, the Ali Center's Daughters of Greatness series, Creative Mornings and Alt Summit. Please join me in welcoming Colleen as they go about empowering the community. Hello, friends. Welcome to ZenPod once again. I have uh, somebody in the studio today and very interesting. I'll tell you why. Because uh, she made a classroom project into a reality. And as we speak, it's thriving. She has helped so many women uh, get out of poverty, actually get skilled and do work. You can't see it, but I can see some wonderful piece of design hanging behind her as we speak. Colleen, welcome to the studio and thank you for agreeing to come on our podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Awesome, awesome. Colleen, I, I want to start with my trademark question. Given the scheme of things and in the situation you are in, with the kind of work you do, what does spirituality mean to you? So, yeah, I, I've thought about this quite a great deal. I think, you know, believing in a higher power has always been really important to me. I was raised Christian. Um, okay. And... Uh, giving back was always a strong part of how I was raised. And like, to me, spirituality, though I've veered and kind of created my own path, it is about really first and foremost love um, and belief that 
there is a bigger world outside of me and that I um, really need to contribute to that outside of myself. And that's my purpose for being here. So that's kind of like my spiritual take on things. Yeah. So nice. That's so simply put and you're doing so much. So we'll talk about it. Uh, tell <laughs> us about, I want to start by talking about the evolution of Colleen from a design student to a social entrepreneur. That's big. That's big, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had. Please tell <laughs> it us. It's very big. It's quite a leap. I never really uh, imagined that I would start a business. So okay. I studied uh, landscape architecture and thought I was going to design parks and plazas and buildings in New York <laughs> City. And all of that really shifted for me when I was in graduate school yeah. um, at Rhode Island School of Design. And mostly I was deciding between taking a job uh, out of undergrad or going into grad school. But I learned that part of this class that I could take was would take me to India. And that was kind of like enough. I was like very curious mm -hmm. um, and uh, decided to go through this program. Mm -hmm. um, I think even... Post-graduating, I still thought that I was going to be the designer, um, but that all really changed for me after taking this seminar class called Design for Development um, while in graduate school. And we as designers were charged with the challenge to work alongside community and help support creative ideas to difficult problems. So immediately I fell in love with this idea. I think most people think of uh, design as like slick, beautiful objects or um, perfect little things. Um, but when I could start thinking about and using my design skills for a higher purpose, for bigger systems, for a nonprofit, a social entrepreneur, like that really got me excited that my passion and interest in design can do something bigger. Um, and really do social good. Awesome. awesome. So congratulations, really, really. <laughs> Thanks. Um, it wasn't an easy journey. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it. So, yeah. uh, Anchal, I know your dream, your dream initiative. And, and for the listeners, Anchal is the uh, project that was supposed to be a classroom project and, and became, and thank God, it became a reality. Please share with the listeners about the details. Uh, so... From this classroom project, I was able to travel to India, like I mentioned, and the first place that I visited was Kolkata. Mm -hmm. And we were introduced as students to an NGO called New Light in the middle of Kaligat, which is um, the oldest red light district in that area. Mm -hmm. And uh, after kind of dialogue of discussing with the leader of the NGO, mm -hmm. she expressed a void in her programming. So when we entered into the project, um, all we knew we were going to work with was textiles. So that's kind of the framework that we were given as a class, but no specifics. So like really using design to have conversations, listen to communities, learn needs and come up with solutions from there. So like not going in with an agenda. So that was number one. So after After these conversations started, we learned about local textiles um, and then this NGO, and they provided uh, outreach for children of sex workers and some health 
benefits for sex workers, but they didn't, they had a void in their programming for uh, alternative income um, and alternative careers, really, essentially. So we started having conversations from there. Uh, after my 10 day whirlwind of a trip, I returned to, <laughs> yeah. And this is when I was uh, 20. I was 23 during my first trip to India. That's so young. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so when I returned, uh, the class that I was part of in the group, um, we were really determined to kind of move beyond the classroom. And it started very humbly with, um, we made notebooks and note cards ourselves, <laughs> sold them at a little art festival, nice. um, and raised $400. And wow. from that, we sent it back to this NGO and started training our first group of artisans in compass stitch work. Um, so it started very small and we really had no idea what we were doing at all. <laughs> um, and it evolved as uh, time went on and, um, you know, year, year after year. But for the first little bit, it was still a classroom project and I was still in school and um, working on it part time. But just fell in love with this concept. One, fell in love with India, but two, that design can be used for good. Yeah. Wow, really nice. Uh, so while I was doing, reading up on you and as, as part of my research, one of the things that really struck me about something you had said, and I want to talk about it is, you know, your idea of design change with empathy. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting, uh, has stuck, struck to me ever since I read it. Uh, I want you to please uh, let us in on it and tell us more about it. It's really a very yeah. powerful statement. Yeah. So I think oftentimes when, again, when you're thinking design, it's like beautiful objects. Um, but what I learned in school was this way of thinking. So essentially design thinking is... Uh, creative problem solving. So like whether you're designing an iPhone or a bicycle, you're thinking about the needs of the end consumer um, and trying to solve their problems like on a day-to-day -day basis. So that can be applied to things that we use every day, but it also um, can be applied to a bigger infrastructure. So thinking about the design process, you start with... Um, you know, looking at this question, then you have, um, you listen to the local community, you often collaborate, then you come up with a lot of ideas after all of those steps called iteration, and then you prototype and test it and put it in the market, and then we start again. But that kind of little snapshot of design thinking, we have in the center of all of that empathy, which I think is a very different point of view for designers. Mm -hmm. um, in that that is at the center of every every decision making you know we started this with a big purpose um so at every step of the way we're thinking of the artisans and the women that we work with in india but also the customers you know we have empathy for them as well making sure that we're solving their needs and the products that we create so really love and empathy um which can provide a lot of additional challenges to running a business, but it does, I think, keep us very true to um, the change that we're, I think, destined to make. Beautiful. And, and have you been able to uh, um, do it on a consistent basis till now, uh, Colleen? 
Yes. I mean, I think it, it's been, um, it's evolved over time, of course. And, but it does remain very true. And, um, it's been difficult actually, as we've grown to stay true to that, (laughs) but we've um, made the hard decisions to say no to people because, you know, that would further, you know, for example, like, um, they, we have an order for 12,000 pieces and they need it in two months, you know, well, we need six months of production time to like really make sure that we're honoring the time of our artisans, paying them well. Um, so we've said no to big things like that because that is empathy up to me. You you know? Beautiful. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, really nice. Uh, you are, you know, you are right till now, obviously you, you mentioned it in passing a little while ago has not been an easy one. It's not been a highway with six lanes on either side. Uh, <laughs> what was the voice inside your head, Colleen, that kept telling you that kept telling you to keep going? Yeah, I think I'm one. I'm a very competitive person, <laughs> so <laughs> once I get an idea, like I'm gonna drive that for as long as I can until people tell me no, or even multiple no's often fire me up even more to like progress an idea. Um, but really I think what drove me through really big challenges, like I, I was diagnosed with cancer during, um, the beginning phases of starting on and was in chemotherapy. Yeah, I'm good now. So I'm um, seven years. Yeah. Uh, but they, I think during a lot of that, I was still working on the early phases of Anshul because I was so inspired and um, felt like I had true friends with the artisans in India. Like they inspired me. So the challenges that I was facing seemed very minute (laughs) in comparison. And that was the biggest driver for me. You know, I can talk about how I love textiles or wanted to, you know, be successful with the business, but ultimately that's the driver as they were like my friends and sisters and I wanted to fight for them. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm very inspired, really inspiring, uh, Colleen. Really. Uh, your trip to India, India, India is, and I'm an Indian, India is a chaotic, though a culturally rich and a mystic country, not easy, yeah. not easy when you are 23, 24 from the US of A. How did you manage? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I really love to travel. I was definitely blown away by just all of my sens- senses were overwhelmed. Um, I'm so used to like a much uh, like, especially in Kentucky, we have a smaller population. So one is the amount of people, but I was immediately like really intrigued how everything just kind of flowed together and worked in its own way. And the culture I found really fascinating and all the people were extremely friendly and the food was amazing. And I just (laughs) was very inspired to learn more. And, um, yeah, that's, and you're telling me you actually, you're telling me you actually handled our spices. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love spicy. I mean, I love really? spicy. Food. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Because India, and the reason I ask this is because India can get very overwhelming, and uh, sure, 
and especially when you have when you're set out to do things like these you know there are huge cultural differences so yes absolutely I, and i think that's why it was never really me by myself doing this like i was immediately connected with local leadership and um now where we work in jaipur and they kind of adopted me into their family and wow. so it felt less um overwhelming because i did have like essentially a family there um so that was a big game changer that didn't happen immediately therefore like i learned how to <laughs> really decompress at the end of the day but um yeah it, it definitely i felt very welcome very beautiful very beautiful um so anchal are you planning on taking anchal to the global stage i know you are in india you are in the usa now any more plans um, yes i mean that's been the goal from the very beginning is to expand to different parts of the globe i think one craft uh, we're very passionate about fashion and doing it the right way not fast fashion um using environmentally like uh progressive ways to do that but also there's the need is great um we want to expand we have a successful model now that we've proven and i think the future is definitely bright for expansion very nice good 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 uh the one of the programs that you did which was again very successful and interesting is your stitch by stitch yeah. right um, yes please uh, tell the listeners about the program so initially when we started meeting women uh female sex workers and survivors of domestic violence uh we learned about their needs and interests in a different job you know and they just wanted an opportunity so we learned about kantha stitch work which is um traditionally in bengal um but quilting is universal what which is what we've discovered and um i think the beauty of the tradition of kantha work and kantha quilts really inspired us to use that as a method for the first um product that we and way to train artisans one because they could work from home and it was relatively low skill level entry so it's not like they're required to do 5 years of block print training or weaving master weaving like they can work from home um be with their children and especially if they weren't allowed to leave this mm-hmm. gave them the flexibility so essentially the program provides design training so we give full skills and design training um it also offers uh educational workshops and healthcare benefits as well so we do annual health or biannual health camps and different benefits but the educational workshops as well um because what we found is even though we can give the training um and full-time jobs which i think is a huge part we're not just training people and then being like good luck you know so like we're giving them job opportunities but that's not enough you know after years of abuse so the educational part um just like from financial management or yoga the like stress management that has all been really beneficial to the women so we started with eight and now we've trained over 500 mm-hmm. um Yeah. <laughs> and we're currently at 75. Wow. 
That's a yeah. huge number. And this is in how many years? Uh, we're now celebrating our 10th year. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's so good. That means clearly the, the word in the community has spread and people believe this is a huge differentiator for them. That's nice. That's yes. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Uh, the Humanitarian Award, huge thing. How was it and how did you feel, uh, Colleen? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, of course I'm, I was very honored, um, to receive such an award and the community, um, to be recognized as, because it can be so difficult, I think, <laughs> to yes. help motivate, of course. Yeah. Um, but ultimately I think, yeah, the, as amazing as that was, like I share that with the artisans who are working hard they're the ones that are really putting in all the work as well yeah yeah so very proud but ultimately any award or accolade we receive it's a shared one so humble of you very nice very nice (laughs) uh you know let's get to let's talk a little bit about your personal side now about colleen the person the the warm person that we know yeah so Mm -hmm. um and I want to start by talking about your inspiration, Colleen. My what? Your Sorry. inspiration. Who's been your inspiration? My inspiration. Yeah, so I mostly find inspiration. I'm a very social person. So like interacting with people, different um, people that have uh, different cultural backgrounds or different backgrounds than me, I find really inspiring. Um, so that's why I really adore traveling so much, um, and getting to meet people and learn. I also, uh, am very inspired by nature. So anytime I feel very low, I definitely find myself going to walk in, um, underneath some trees and be in nature. So between the two, like, you know, environment and social, I think are the biggest inspirers for me. Beautiful. Uh, the turning point in your life? Well, I mean, there's been several. I think okay. the first, yeah, the first major turning point is obviously my trip to India and kind of deciding to start Anshal uh, instead of taking a job and um, putting in the work there, but also having uh, survived cancer was another major turning point and kind of learning at a very young age because I was 25 when I was diagnosed that um, really taking advantage of life in its fullest and as kind of that seemed very obvious for most people that I have had health struggles but really does reign true for me um, and has kept me uh, very motivated to live live life and support people in my path. So beautiful. You are such an inspiration, Colleen. I can tell you this. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. What has been your Eureka or light bulb moment, as I call it? I think I briefly mentioned this before, but light bulb moment definitely was learning that uh, design, my interest in talent and design could be used for something good. Um, it seems very simple to say now, but yeah. I didn't really have that frame of mind before. And that was an aha moment um, for me. 
Beautiful. Yeah, that's really important. Yeah, true. Uh, the best piece of advice somebody has given you? <laughs> so when I started the organization at a very young age, I and with the design background, so I didn't have, I had one business class, you know, so very naive, very uh, and unsure of my path or, or like, you know, how to speak about the projects or uh, receive funding and network and all of the things. So coming out of school at 25 years old, wanting to start this business, meeting with investors or just different people to learn. I got a lot of criticism and like doubt that we could make this happen uh-huh. um, because I didn't have traditional, um, a traditional background of starting a business and didn't have a lot of experience, but I think that's where that grit and competitiveness really kicked in and passion for the idea. Um, so anyway, my, my biggest, uh, advice that I received during that time of feeling really insecure about the business and our ideas is that, you are the only you, you know, and despite what everybody's feedback is, is that you will make decisions very differently than anybody else. Your ideas are very different than anybody else's and they're worth being heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And also I think second fold of that is that, um, with all the feedback, especially early on when you're starting something like this, is right. people have lots of opinions, but unless they're an expert, don't listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. I, I think this is a good piece of advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, again, a hypothetical question to you. If Anchil had not happened, and, I, and, and I'm glad, and so are thousands, Anchil happened, but if it had not happened in your life, Colleen, where would you have been or what would you have been doing? I know design, but then what did you? Yeah. I mean, I think for, I would have, if I had not taken this class and if I had um, not had this experience, I would have continued to pursue traditional forms of architecture. Um, though I know that I would have gotten anxious at some point and wanted to, there's like an entrepreneurial blood inside and like my parents started a school and like, I kind of just grew up like with that. Mm -hmm. So that I think would have always been the case. And I would have sparred out to do something at some point. And I would hope that it would be, um, something positive in the same way. Beautiful. Uh, you know, Colin, there are a lot of people, and, and there, are, there are two parts to this question. The first part is there are a lot of people coming from other countries, specifically uh, the United States to India, oh. and doing a lot of good work. Uh, obviously, yeah. there, there are challenges as you work with uh, people from a different strata of society. Uh, India is mm-hmm. a very developing country, at least large parts of India still are developing countries. What sure. would what would your message be to people who aspire to do something like you? Or what would your advice I think be? My biggest advice is that don't go in. Um, if you're an outsider, don't go in with an agenda. Um, and the true experts are the community. Um, they might not have access to all of the tools and opportunities uh, that you're familiar with, but they know 
they're, they're the smartest in that room, um, smarter than you and really truly, truly listen to the community that you're working with. Because if you don't, you're not, it will not really truly have the impact that you desire. And, and is there something that you would give, um, a normal advice that you would give an entrepreneur or, or somebody who sets out to be a social entrepreneur? I think what's exciting is, you know, I'm a designer at heart, but I think everybody has something that they're really talented at or passionate about and that they can use that for social entrepreneurship. I think that is very, it just makes sense to, be, that should just be the standard for business <laughs> in general. And I think imagine the world that we could have if everyone were following um, social entrepreneurial guidelines. Um, so to me, it just makes sense that it's good business. And I think everyone should aspire to that. I love what you said. Awesome. <laughs> I, I want to now get into a <clears throat> little bit of a rapid fire with you. Yeah. Some, okay. Some or five fun questions so we can uh, can uh, sure and your view on them so what's colleen's go-to place <laughs> <laughs> my my uh my parents farm oh. is my go-to place where, yeah. is, where is it <laughs> it's in kentucky okay. so that's where i grew up yeah that's nice uh, india is <laughs> inspiring wow <laughs> fashion is think, yeah fashion is a personal uh, expression it's very nice uh, empathy yeah did you get it empathy is design oh that's nice uh, and Colin is <laughs> creative wow <laughs> creative social entrepreneur I, I like it <laughs> Uh, you know, one, one, probably the last question, um, and, you know, for, for a lot of people listening out there uh, who are wanting to support and are, are, are excited about ventures like this, and there are a lot of them, what would you, sure. say, what would you suggest are two things? One, uh, Colleen, what's the way for them, best way for them to learn more, number one? And number two, of course, uh, how can we or the listeners contribute to your social cause of transforming lives of women? So please take your sure. time to tell us both. I feel like my biggest advice for people that want to start something similarly or have any sort of um, entrepreneurial idea mm-hmm. is that take advantage of the early naivety that you have um, and take action. I think so many people have wonderful ideas mm-hmm. um, and it often just, stays in a sketchbook or a notebook or, uh, you know, in your brain. Um, but little pieces of action really is what led us to where we are now having collaborated with big organizations. It started with eight women. It started with $400 and lots of learning along the way, but just jump on the bus and make, you know, small turns and you're, you'll arrive, you know, it just, it's, um, patience is definitely, uh, <laughs> an asset, um, and entrepreneurship for sure. 
And then what was the second part of the question? How can people or how can the listeners contribute to your social sure. cause of transforming lives? Is there a website? How can we donate or give you time? Sure. So you can visit entreproject.org um, and we have an amazing website where you can purchase product directly that is made by the artisans. Each piece is signed by the woman that made it, um, which is such a direct connection to the maker itself. And all the proceeds go back into um, the program itself and hiring more women and supporting our existing group of artisans. Um, you can make donations online as well. And definitely be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at uh, Project um, on Facebook. Yeah, together. That's awesome, um, Colleen. So that's wonderful. Uh, a journey that started 10, 12 years back uh, by a young girl in a classroom uh, became a reality, mm -hmm. has transformed the lives of 500 women. That's a lot. Uh, and, and these are women who normally otherwise would have been ignored or probably led a life right. of harmony forever. Uh, also, your uh, idea about um, design and empathy is really very deep and and I, I liked what you said about social entrepreneurship being the core of every business. And I, and I really wish we stop saying CSR and we start saying social entrepreneurship. I really wish there is so much difference because even if each of us decide to uh, do it for five women or five people, imagine how many people we can transform, right? Forget 500, even five or 10 can transform thousands. And, and, and all of us can do it. It's just that we don't do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Small yeah. steps to success. So I'm, I, I must say, I celebrate your life, uh, Colleen. Yeah. It's been wonderful talking to you. You have inspired me in the short time that we've been here. But mm -hmm. uh, I have no words. I have no words to express how impressed I am with you. Um, the, the women who see you there every day and work with you whenever you went there, you must be like a mother to them, like a sister to them, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. Uh, do, do convey my congratulations to Maggie as well, who's with you on this. Oh, yeah. Yes, thank you. Yeah. You thank you so much. the listeners? Uh, no, just thank you for the time. Thank you for listening. And let's all design change together. Thank you very much, Colleen. Thank you. Mm -hmm.